Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, we have two guests. First one being my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawabke. Sammy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And joining us today, now a recurring guest, since this is his third time on, first time for our draft grades, and he's coming on for today's episode because he is our Ravens expert. He is our Frisbee extraordinaire, does not have a uh, certified name yet. He goes by Cake Orion. So, Ryan Asini, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Hey, good. How's it going? Doing pretty well. Good. Yeah, we're doing well here. Just going through our teams one by one. You'll be hearing this probably week four or five out of our eight. So, we're chugging right along. Since this is your... Uh, First time in the grades, but we've had you on before. You've explained why you're a Ravens fan. We don't need to kind of go into that. We'll just kind of get into the grading. So I got to ask you, Cake, what's your grading methodology? How did you come up with your grades for each pick? So pretty much just went through like whether or not each player hit a need where they were taken and whether or not they were taken at a position of value, like based on the round that they were in. And then who else was available on the board. So like some of these picks are like better based on where they were taken versus like if they had a pick a couple of picks later and whether or not it was good value based on who else was available in the same range as them. Okay. So you took more into context the surrounding like environment of the draft pick itself as much as where the pick was. Yeah. Okay. Cause Sammy, I guess, does that sometimes. He picks and chooses when he wants to decide that one guy's a reach based on another guy being available. And you're doing uh, grades, right? Like letter grades? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. Sammy does the same. I explained it to you, but for the listeners, if they have not listened to these episodes and for some reason this is the first one they're listening to, I do a check system where check signifies a knee that they hit, and we'll go over the needs in a bit. You get a plus if it's great value, a minus if it's poor value, or a zero in the middle. So you can get a check plus, a plus, a check, a zero, a check minus, or a minus. But let's move on to those pre-draft needs. I'll just kind of list mine off, and then you guys will tell me if you agree or disagree. I had wide receiver, right guard, linebacker, strong safety, and defensive line more on the interior Sammy, I'll start with you. Do you have anything different or pretty much the same? Pretty much the same. Also, edge rusher more on the outside and then the uh, cornerback, but not as high as the other ones you mentioned. Because mm-hmm. I, I put DL, and I don't know if I meant just interior defensive lineman or both. I never really when I did that originally. I didn't clarify. D-end, I know is D-end. DL, it could be both. I don't believe they took any edge rushers. They all just took. They were all interior guys anyway, so it kind of made that a little easier for me. But uh, Ryan, you have same, different? Yeah, pretty much the same. Linebacker, interior O-line, didn't really qualify right or left guard, just went with the general position. Uh, Wide receiver and edge defender. But, I mean, as far as edge went, they traded for Calias Campbell sometime after our last episode talking about the Ravens and this one. So they kind of addressed that. It's just... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel better about my uh, just sticking to the interior because, like I said, that's what they they felt that they didn't need an edge rusher. Clearly, they were comfortable with what they got. They have Derek Wolf, too. So, yeah, they, they signed interested in the 
this offseason, if it wasn't in the draft, they addressed it in free agency at the least. And they retained Matt Judon via franchise tag. Yep. Let's go into the picks. We'll get right into it. First round, 28th overall, they took Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU. Uh, usually I let the person who's our main guest go first, but Sammy's also our LSU guy. Really conflicted of who I want to let go first on this one. Sammy, I'll just let you do it. I can't let you, I can't have you miss out on LSU guys. So, what was your thoughts and grade? Best pick of the whole draft for the Ravens, in my opinion. <laughs> I know it's only the first round, but it was the best pick they could have made. They had a need for a linebacker, and who else did they have available at the time? It was Patrick Queen, who was going into the draft, our number one or two, depending on how he felt with Kenneth Murray. And He's just incredibly athletic. He has good leadership. He's great tackling, great coverage, just great. He's aggressive against the run. He's amazing in coverage. He's just overall a top talented linebacker. And to have him all the way at 28 is amazing. And also, what better team could you have asked for than the one who has drafted Ray Lewis and CJ Mosley over the last 20 years in terms of first round? or just linebackers in general. And overall, it's a great fit for him. He's a good pick for the team. And I just you just got to love Queen. My favorite highlight of Queen was actually him uh, picking off Tua in the Bama game this season. So A-plus pick for me. I'm happy. This is probably the most consensus pick, not just I'm sure it's going to be between us. Ryan still has to go, but I'm guessing his is going to be similar. And just draft experts yeah. pretty much everywhere any whether they were college football experts or nfl experts everyone just kind of pretty much has similar sentiments to what sammy had but ryan i guess tell us your thoughts and grid yeah also probably the best pick of the entire draft i mean i feel similarly good about some of the guys they got later on but not like at queen's caliber just the fact that he, he was the fourth inside linebacker off the board depending on how you classify simmons but he was the fourth one off the board, pretty much the consensus number two behind Simmons, and they got him at pick number 28 and by standing pad. They didn't trade back up into the first round like the Chargers did to get Kenneth Murray. They just sat at their pick and wound up getting the guy they wanted in the first place. So, awesome job. Who's the other one besides Murray and Simmons that went before Queen? Um, The guy the Seahawks took, Jordan Brooks. Yeah, Brooks was drafted 27th overall, just one pick before Queen. Classic Seahawks is clearly reaching on a guy. The (laughs) pick before, a guy who would have made so much sense for them was available. Yep. (laughs) Classic. They love reaching on guys. But I'm in consensus here. Best pick for them. Yeah, there's one. it's one of two picks for them that I have a check plus for. It's a great pick. It was so obvious that it was going to happen once he started falling. Once the Chargers drafted Murray, it was pretty much like, all right, we just got to wait. Patrick Queen's going to the Ravens. I felt the same exact way when C.J. Mosley went there in 2014. I was just watching the picks fall, and it was like, of course, this great linebacker from Alabama. Ravens going to scoop him up, and he's going to be productive right away. Sure enough, he was. Patrick Queen's probably going to be in the same mold. He fell to them. Great athlete, great instincts. I had Kenneth Murray higher, but it's still he fell overall in the draft. And it was just a great pick for the Ravens, filling that need immediately, giving them their linebacker for, I'm sure you hope, more than their his first contract, more than the five years. Yeah. But at least for five years, he's going to be 
the leader in the middle of that defense. And they didn't have to reach up, as you mentioned, took him right where he was. Not too much more to say. Just a great pick. Let's move on to their next pick, going to the second round. 55th overall, they took J.K. Dobbins, running back out of Ohio State. Kate, I'll start with you first on this one. What was your thoughts and grades? So I gave this one a B plus because not, I mean, I'm not usually crazy about picking running backs within the first two rounds, but if you're going to pick somebody who they're trying to get somebody who can stand up for the full season, trying to get someone who can basically take the rushing attack to the next level. So if they're going to be running 30, 40 rushing plays a game, I'm not. I don't hate the idea of them just in taking one swing at a guy, investing into a quality player who has a pro- proven track record at Ohio State and can just do a lot with what he's being taken at. That makes sense. Also, in the context of the draft, AJ Epineza was taken right before him. So I have to feel that at least he would have been the guy that they would have taken had he been there just because he also fits the edge need that the Ravens would have needed. But overall, I'm okay with the pick. It's just not exactly what I would have wanted at this spot. I thought you were going to go a different direction in the fact that Dobbins, there were three other running backs taken before Dobbins, and people might argue that Dobbins was the best running back in this entire class. He was my uh, number two running back behind Jonathan Taylor. But going also after Clyde Edwards-Hilary went 32nd and Cam Akers, who went 52nd, I thought the pick was really solid here. The fact that the Ravens love to run the ball so much, they just want more running backs. For them, it makes they're the one of the few teams where it makes sense to almost draft a running back every year to make sure that your guys are staying fresh, to give competition, because someone like Mark Ingram's probably going to be gone after this year. You got Gus Bus, you got Justice Hill, who was your third-round pick last year. Dobbins has the upside to be the best out of all of them, in my opinion. Guy, it was a longtime starter at Ohio State. Great athlete, five-star recruit coming out of high school as well. I think he's just a great all-around player and will fit into the scheme well. He also had some experience with the read option while at Ohio State and a lot of the different quarterbacks that he played with, which should apply nicely to the Ravens' offensive scheme and Lamar Jackson's style of play. I think the pick, they didn't need a running back per se, because I do like what they had already. Adding him is just a great fit for him, and the Ravens are going to love him. By next year, he will likely be the bell cow back. It was a plus grade for me, because I thought he would probably go earlier in the second round. Sammy? Yeah, I'm with you on that. In terms of value, This he was probably the best player available at this point, so it's really, really good value for him to come down. He was also my number two running back as well. And I feel like maybe they're more looking out in the future towards they don't see Mark Ingram pass this season or they don't feel like they're going to keep Gus Bus, love that name, or Hill. I think this was more of like a a luxury pick, but I really love the pick. I really love Dobbins, and I think he's going to really thrive, especially he's going to do really well his first season, but once... Ingram is gone. He's going to shine immediately just because he really can do everything because he has he has the speed. He has the ability to catch any any uh short passes, any just any pass really. He's just well-rounded and he's a second best running back. And the only thing that fell to him behind Jonathan Taylor was just that Taylor was just more powerful of a runner. 
but that doesn't take away from Dobbins. I like it. It wasn't really a need, so it's it's gonna stick with a B for me. But I really like this pick. That's a that's a low grade for you for someone who you like seem like you like a lot. They don't need him is the thing. If unless they're looking at they're not gonna keep any of those guys after this year. I don't think they're keeping Ingram. Gus Bus is a year to year. Justice Hill they're gonna keep, but they're a team that needs so many running backs because they're such a run heavy offense. And he gives you him and Hill are the two that give you the most versatility as guys who can run inside but also be pass catchers. And those will probably be the two for the future, which will just give you the ultimate. They're not going to have a third down running back who you expect to throw the like just throw the ball to. You're not going to have a guy who's only a first and second down running back who can't catch out of the backfield. Those two guys are going to be able to put in on any play, and they're going to be able to do almost whatever you want. As I mentioned, I think Dobbins' upside is a lot higher than Justice Hill's. And I like Justice Hill coming out of Oklahoma State a lot. It was just a totally different scheme. J.K. Dobbins is much more prepared for an NFL pro-style offense. That's fair. I I, I just don't know. I, I You might see them draft another running back next year, too. So it's... It wouldn't surprise me. But that for them, considering that they're trying to run the ball and have that running identity, it makes sense, almost. I, as long as they're not taking one in the first round, of course. Yeah, I don't see them taking another one this high again, at least for the next few years. He's the highest drafted running back they've had since Ray Rice so I think he was drafted in like 2008 so was that the McGahee year? what was that the McGahee year uh, he was no Wills McGahee was well before yeah he was like oh two I think Wills McGahee I watched him destroy the Jets in the first ever NFL game I went to which was I think in 2004 Willis McGahee Baltimore Ravens 2007 to 2010 yeah, it was the McGee. Oh, he was on the Ravens. I thought you meant the year he was drafted. And I was like, oh no, I meant when they drafted Ray Rice when they already had McGee. Yeah, so I guess that's that's their thing. Unlike linebacker, where they just wait till their All Star one leaves with running back, they'll take their guy for the future when their guy of the present is still around, which is Ingram. Ingram's their current lead running back, but he's going to be gone after this year. There's no way they're going to keep him with it unless he takes some major pay cut, which I do not believe he will. I mean, he's not being paid that much in the first place, but yeah, he. I don't think he's going to be around after this year, which is unfortunate because he's a great guy to have in the locker room. The Ravens is an organization where they generally are upfront with players about what's going on and don't like try to sugarcoat things. So there's usually a lot of former players who come out saying they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure... They'll be fine. It'll be a nice ceremonious leave. He'll be applauded. They'll, I'm sure they're going to do well this year, and he'll be the main catalyst of the running game unless he gets hurt. So. Yeah. Let's move on to their third round. They had four picks here. The first one, 71st overall. They took Justin Madubike, defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. I'll start here. This one's a check for me because it addresses the interior of the defensive line. We talked about him a few times, or at least I mentioned him a few times throughout the pre-draft process. Right around this range is where I would have guessed anywhere from late second to mid-third, so he falls right in the center of that. He is a decent all-around player. He's not an incredible athlete, but he's a smart interior lineman. He's he's big, but he's not like a massive 340-pound guy that's just going to be a just big body. He's a good enough athlete that he can make plays both in the pass and the rush. He's a solid player for them, just kind of fitting in the middle. As we mentioned, that's good. that's one of their needs and that they have a few guys that are 
going to be successfully rushing off the edge. He will have plenty of one-on-one opportunities on the inside, most likely to do some damage. And I see him just being a solid, productive, if not unspectacular player for them for a while. It's a nice pick for me here. There's, It's as comfortably solid as it could be. Yeah, I agree. It's the spot they needed some help, especially after, I think, Brandon Williams left this year. Him or... Uh... Yeah, I think it was Williams. One of their two giant nose tackles departed, so picking him up was a good pick. And, uh, I mean, obviously Eric DeCastro was not happy watching Derrick Henry run all over the team during the divisional round, so just beefing up that defensive line is going to be helpful. I gave the pick an A-, just because, I mean, defensive tackles aren't, like, the highest position of value, but they had four picks in this round, so it's not like they did anything wrong here. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Also, they still have Brian Williams. Michael Pierce was the interior oh, yeah. defensive lineman they left. You're good. Just wanted to clarify that. Sammy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I felt that with the bodies that they have, he's probably going to be a rotational piece at first. He definitely brings a lot of power. I've watched him play at Texas A&M, and he definitely has a high ceiling to be a starter in the future once once they phase out who they currently have with Brandon Williams and I believe they have Derek Wolf and now Campbell. So I, I, I'm I'm in the line between B, B plus, but overall I, I'm I like the pick. That's pretty much where I'm at that B plus ish range where yeah, it's just a solid pick overall. Their next pick, staying in the state of Texas the 92nd overall pick, they took Devin DuVernay, wide receiver out of the University of Texas. Cake, I'll start with you here. What was your thoughts and grades for DuVernay? I loved this pick, honestly. He was, I remember watching the LSU game earlier in the year and just watching him, like, carve them up the entire time, really. Made plays and was one of those guys that, in a deep wide receiver class, probably would have been a second-round pick in years past, but he got pushed all the way to the third. I know there are some limitations with him playing in the slot, and he's a little bit undersized, but he's a guy that I fully trust Greg Roman will be able to incorporate him into wherever they're trying to get him to play. So, really like this pick. Gave it an A+. Um, yeah. A+. Plus. Wow, that's a wow. high praise for a third-round wide receiver. I'm just I'm just offended you brought up the LSU game, man. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I don't get to watch a lot of college football live, um, but that was one of the games that I did see, and it um, made a big impact because dude made a lot of plays. And also just watching uh, Harbaugh and Eric DeCostra react when they drafted him. Like, normally they are pretty happy, but they, like, went off the hook when they set the pick in for him. And there were, like... There was talk that they were going to try to target LaVishka Chenault in this draft, but he obviously got picked before they could take a shot at him in the second round. So if Duvernay's like the light version of him, then I'm sure they're thrilled with that. Sammy, don't worry. LSU won that game. I don't know why you're so bothered. <laughs> Just it wasn't the best defensive performance that day. <laughs> no, it was it was not. But what was your so what was your grade on this pick? You probably have a slight bias towards him for similar reasons. Oh, I, I give it a B plus pick, not as high as an A plus, but I do really like the pick. More so because you know, we mentioned that they needed wide receiver and 
in terms of the receivers that were drafted in the third round, when you look back at this draft, he was probably the best third round receiver that was drafted. So in terms of value, that was, they didn't mess that up. They could have drafted like a Van Jefferson or something like that. You know, he was gone 35 picks before him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in the third round, we've also got Brian Edwards, uh, Devin Duvernay. They all both went before him though. Yeah. Brian Edwards went to the Raiders before that. Yeah, but and I mean in terms of his ability, like he's not the best route runner, but he has really good hands, as you've probably seen in that LSU game. And also another level of speed because you know, what's Ravens without without speed? Yeah. So I'm giving it a B plus. I would have liked a bigger body receiver for them, honestly, because the guy that's gonna be opposing him on the other side of the field, Holly Brett. Hollywood Brown is not a big, he's a fast, speedy receiver who's going to beat his guy down the field and it hopefully refine his route running in year two. Duvernay, as Cake mentioned, is going to be playing more of the slot. It's not that they're redundant because Hollywood will play more of the outside. I would just have liked a guy who would have been, I, I, I guess maybe, I don't know, because the this point, as we've mentioned with wide receivers, there weren't any that were going to blow me away here. It's a solid pick for where they are. And there weren't any guys that I guess would have fit the mold of what I'm looking for for the Ravens that would have fit it nicely. The speed, I guess, is nice, but I would have preferred a complement player just to fit what they're looking for. Have a guy who's Duvernay's, even though he, if we project him as a slot guy, he's still not a short pass necessarily high volume guy. That's not necessarily what I expect him to be in the NFL. And I would have at least liked a guy down more the middle of the field with. Mark Andrews as their tight end. I mean, keep in mind, they've still got, I mean, they do use a lot of tight end sets. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just see their Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle as their um, big bodied possession receivers in the first place. But they've also got Miles Borkin still, who's a second year player out of Notre Dame. It's like some really sized player. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just figured, okay, we're good with that role. We just want to get faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I guess that makes. I mean, it's a check grade for me. The pick is fine, as we mentioned. Wide receiver being a need. The value is right around. I don't know if we really mentioned him in our pre-draft, but late third. I've round, mentioned him. Fine. I've mentioned him a few times in in the third round. Like in terms of value, yeah. I think this was this, this was his spot. Just yeah, not behind fair. all the other receivers that were drafted ahead of him, though. Or after him, you mean? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like the first couple rounds, there was a lot of... The sec- first two rounds were the star-studded ones. Went. I like some of the ones in the third round. Otherwise, I know we had our differences, so we won't digress too much. But I, yeah, it's a totally fine pick where they were and who they drafted. But let's move on to their next pick. Also, I feel similarly about this guy. 98th overall, they took Malik Harrison, linebacker of OSU. He was a guy I know I mentioned late in the third round as well. Might have mentioned him right around this pick. I don't think I mentioned him specifically at 98, but right around that 98 range. So it's a check for me because it's an, even though they don't nest, they already got a linebacker, and I guess you don't necessarily need another one. He is a guy who can fit in and be a solid player for them. I had him going at uh, 96 as one of my projections. So literally right around this range. He's not going to... I'm curious how him and Queen will pair together as two linebackers because 
I guess Queen can play if they do a three. No, they play a four three, right? Cake. Uh, pretty sure it's a three four. Oh, then I guess you could fit both of them in nicely, having because they both play your more inside linebacker role. If that's the case, having him as a second guy, and maybe if he doesn't play right away, he can be a starter later in the year or year two. It's still a solid pick for me either way. He had some promise at OSU. They have a very talented team, of course, offensively and defensively. He's nowhere near the top one of the top players from that Ohio State defense. But he was a smart player and can do a lot for a college team. I think he'll be a little less productive at the NFL. But with Queen next to him, you have a nice one-two punch. Sammy? Yeah, what's nice with Harrison is that with, with Queen, when he is out in coverage, Harrison is, when you watch him at Ohio State, he was a pure just run, run rusher, run blocker, run stuffer, run whatever that word is <laughs> for, for linebackers, stopping the Stop run. The run. <laughs> I think that he will be a perfect match with Queen, that Queen will take more, be more in the coverage, and Harrison will be more against the run. Obviously, you can have both Queen and Harrison against the run, but if you want to rush one of them, Harrison is your guy. Maul, you can have Queen out there helping out in coverage. I just think it's a good match between the two, and I think the value you mentioned is is good. And I, I actually really like this pick. Might be top three in my picks from the from the Ravens this draft. I'm, I'm thinking I'm Maybe giving just him rank an A. Him at this point. <laughs> I'm giving him an A. I'm giving him an A. <laughs> All right, Sammy, at the end of this draft, you're giving me a 1 through 10 ranking of every pick. So, so <laughs> you've told us 1, 2, and 3 already. All right, Ryan, finish it up. What was your thoughts and grade? I gave it an A, too. I really like the pick. He's might as well get younger at that position while they can. They just signed LJ Fort to an extension, but they did sign him off the street at the beginning of the season after the week four game against the Browns that is not to be spoken of. So he's probably going to have to wait a little bit to file into a starting role if he gets there, but he does fit um, Wink Martindale's defense pretty well. He's going to be solid blitzing from the inside linebacker position and Queen's more of a coverage player than he'll be pretty stout in the run. So seems like they covered a lot of their bases there. For sure. Let's move on to their last pick in the third round. 106 overall, they took Tyree Phillips, offensive lineman. He played tackle in college at Mississippi State. Ryan, I'll start with you here. What was your thoughts and grade? I liked it. Um, I think I wound up giving this an A- just because it's, I don't know, solid pick. He fills the guard position that they need. At this point in the draft, I wanted to see them just start taking a bunch of shots on linemen, which is what they did. So maybe eventually one of these guys will take over from Marshall Yonda, but it's never a bad thing to have multiple players that could conceivably start and then just wind up picking out whoever's doing their best job to replace that departure. I give it an A-, minus, but yeah, overall pretty solid. Sammy, your thoughts? I'm not as high as he is. He played tackle most of his time in Mississippi State, so if you're going to have him as a guard, he's not going to be that great off the bat. He's he's really good as a run blocker, and he's really strong, but he played as a tackle most of the time, so if you expect him to be his guard, I expect him to be very raw there. And I, I'm giving it a B-. They also have... 
And they have a guy, Ben Powers, who could slot in, who was a backup last year. And they have, um, they signed DJ Fluker after the Seahawks released him. So there's no need for him to start immediately, which is why I'm a little bit more high on it, I guess. Well, first of all, I don't believe the Ravens want Ben Powers really starting for them. And second of all, NFL.com actually used DJ Fluker as a comparison for him. But I lean more towards Sammy in this pick, considering that, yes, he was attacked for going to guard. I'm not as worried about that as I just felt like the pick was a reach. Guards in general fell a lot in this draft. The overall value just kind of dissipated. There were several guys that I liked more that went later in the draft from the fourth all the way down to the sixth round. There were certain guys I liked better. It felt like a little bit of a reach here considering that and that he's just more of a run guy, which sure for the Ravens makes sense, but there were other run stuffing guards who would have been more natural at the position that could have been there as well. Maybe there's the versatility aspect that gives him a little bit more value. But we're going to talk about their next pick, which I honestly liked better than the Phillips pick. So it's a check for Arians for me. At least they're addressing the offensive line and he has the ability to play guard. But if I had to guess which between him and the next pick is going to win a competition for that starting guard spot, I would pick the next guy. Which is? Next pick, going to the fourth round finally, 143rd overall. They took Ben Breedson. Offensive lineman out of Michigan. If only we had Zach on as a Michigan fan, I'm sure he could give us some really good insight. But I'll speak in similar tongues that he probably would. I Like I said, I like this pick a lot. He was a guy that I thought was a really solid player at Michigan, one of their best offensive linemen the past couple years. Big, just very talented guy. Is more talented probably in the past than Phillips. Phillips might be slightly better as a run stuffer. But he's also just another big guy, over 6'4", I believe, and will be able to provide that second level. He's a good athlete compared to Phillips as well, and he'll be able to get to that second level where Lamar Jackson likes to really do his work once he breaks through the line. And I see him just being a better opportunity to come in year one and make an impact and be better for a longer time. So I gave it a check, but I definitely liked this pick more, and I thought it was a solid pick. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, just third and fourth round and, well, late third, fourth, fifth round. Um, And like I said, during our preview of the Ravens draft, just wanted to see them take a bunch of shots on interior offensive linemen here. And that's what they did. So I'm happy with it. Sammy? Yeah, I agree with you, Evan, that I see him winning the starting spot more than the Phillips pick. And overall, I did mention him a few times going in the mid third rounds in our pre-draft coverage. So in terms of value, I really like that they were able to get him in the fourth round. And yeah, overall, I'd give it an A grade. I really think this guy might be a better uh, player going into the future, especially as a more likely being the starter going in the future. Mm-hmm, for sure. Let's move on to their fifth round pick. 170th overall, they took Broderick Washington Jr., defensive lineman out of Texas Tech. Really just getting those guys from the Texas State. Because I also believe J.K. Dobbins is from Texas. He was a high school guy. And their next pick is also a guy who played college in Texas. If we're going on our uh, draft player rankings, this is my number 10 out of 10 for the Ravens. I didn't like this pick much at all. Somewhere between a minus and a check minus. The check minus is only if you don't, really consider the Matt Beak pick, but if they're playing a 3-4 and they're only playing one interior lineman, 
he really doesn't make sense here. I saw more as a seventh round guy. 170 was a reach in terms of that. The position, he's not going to be any better than a rotational piece, just in terms of what they have. I don't think his talent gives him really credence to that position either. Maybe he can develop in that guy for a while. I just don't see it there yet. I would see if anything he's contributing as a special teams guy, which you could do better with 170 overall. So my least favorite pick in the draft, Broderick, probably the best name out of all their picks, but my least favorite player pick. Sammy? I'm with you. I gave this one a D-plus pick, actually. I mean, he's, you know, he's if he makes the roster, then he'll just be a, you know, rotational depth piece. Nothing much more really value with him. He wasn't supposed to be even drafted in the fifth round. I, I saw him actually undrafted on some boards during his during the original ranking. So there are many other players they probably could have picked up. I'm I'm noticing that they're you know doubling down on players that they've already drafted in positions uh, earlier in this draft. So it's just confusing me, and I I'm it's a D plus for me. Ryan, what what were your thoughts? Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I mean, this is kind of the point where I just trust Harbaugh and DeCastro and a front office that still includes Ozzie Newsom that's been doing this for a while. Um, not the not the sexiest pick. I know that some people were probably lower on him, but eh, if they trust their evaluation of him, then I trust it too. I guess not the. Wasn't totally sold on it when they picked him up, but for a tackle and defensive tackle in the fifth round, I'm not going to complain too much. If he turns into a spot starter or someone who can contribute in a year or two, then I'd be happy with the value. That's fair. The next pick is probably you'll be very, pretty similarly. I definitely view him higher than the last pick. Sixth round, 201st overall, took James Prochet, wide receiver out of SMU. I like this pick. Guy was a monster at SMU the past two years. His stats, 209 catches and 27 touchdowns, which on an SMU team that wasn't really prolific, those are just some very solid numbers. Clearly the number one guy. He's only 5'11", and he's not a great athlete. He's not super quick, but his ability just to get balls and make plays for your team. He also served as a special teamer, as kick returner and punt returner for SMU and did pretty well there. His versatility in that regard gives him a good opportunity to make the roster somewhere. He's not going to be a competition for Duvernay or anything like that. But as a later round wide receiver, who's going to be a back end wide receiver and maybe come in if injuries occur or whatever the case may be. I think it was a good pick for them here. It was just a check, but I do like it a lot. Ryan? Yeah, just taking more shots in a deep wide receiver class. I liked it. Not a name that I was like, super familiar with coming out, but he is one that popped up on the radar a few times, and he's got production. Maybe he has some issues gaining separation, but if they start him in the slot, they're, the Ravens are a team that they're going to be seeing zone defense like for the vast majority of their snaps because you can't play man against Lamar Jackson or you'll get burned for uh, quite a few yards if he breaks containment. So he's a guy that, yeah, scheme him open, find him a spot, and then let him do some stuff after the catch. And if he catches like, I don't know, 15, 20 balls over the year and gets 
some good production out of it, then I'll be happy with the pick. Mm-hmm. And Sammy, here, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm agreeing with both of you. I think for me, it's a B pick. He's not nothing flashy like all the other receivers that we mentioned, but I thought that one interesting stat when I was looking into him was that he had one of the lowest drop percentages in last season in college. So I think that would be really good hands to work with, with Duvernay and Hollywood going into next season. So overall it's, it's a B pick for me and I'm, I seeing a trend of also another slot receiver because we were saying that Duvernay could possibly be in the slot as well. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And let's move on to their final pick, seventh round, 219th overall. They took Geno Stone, safety out of Iowa. Ryan, I'll start with you. What was your thoughts and grades here? I absolutely love this pick. So he was, his calling card is that he's one of the, uh, he's like a deep center field safety, and he is one of the guys who is just known as like a high IQ player. And he does a lot of really good work covering deep. So you two probably aren't super familiar with Chuck Clark, the guy who wound up starting for the Ravens after TJ or uh, Tony Jefferson got injured last year. But he's a similar story where not a super freak athletically, but he was wicked smart and was able to just come in. He actually wears the green dot in the Ravens defense and was able to stop a bunch of coverage busts that were happening over the course of the year until he started playing. So if they get a sec, like, just another guy in that mold who's, yeah, not the greatest athlete, but can cover deep, can do a lot of things. Earl Thomas is getting older, and there are some reports that he wasn't super... He didn't pick up the defense as quickly as they would have liked, and isn't that good of a signal caller for them. And then he also could have gotten shot a couple weeks ago, so... I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the interest of keeping the PG rating of this podcast, I won't go into too many more details, but there were also some reports that the Ravens were going to try to void his contract if they could based on that situation. So not sure how crazy they've been with Earl and having to pay him how much they are versus the production that they think they can get off of uh, some other players who just are better within their own system. So I love the Geno Stone pick. He's a guy who will be able to fill in if need be and should be able to pick up the defense pretty quickly. Sammy, do you love this pick as well? I'm indifferent about it. I think if he makes the team, it'd be good depth piece behind Clark if what he's saying is, is true. And he'd probably be more on the special team side of things going forward as of now. So I'm, I'm more lower on him, probably be between B, B minus. I didn't really have safety as a need, but it's also the seventh round. So it really, it doesn't hurt to just throw picks out there at this point. For once, I'm siding with the guest that isn't Sammy. I love this pick as well. One of the steals of the draft, in my opinion, as a late round guy. I was just looking, Minnesota Wire had him projected going to them before the draft as a third round pick. Player Football Focus, PFF, as we like to know it. Shout out Stefan. They he had they have him 53rd ranked overall, one spot behind Kyle Duggar. 53rd would be a second round pick. Guys like Terrell Burgess, Kayvon Wallace, Jeremy Chin were all well behind him. So they love him. 
his stats not his stats did not blow you off the board but great instincts kind of just knows what to do he's great he's solid in the run and the pass i see him being able to make an impact with this team potentially maybe not right away of course because at 219 you can't expect that his size is probably his biggest issue and why he fell he's not the typical mold of a safety he's only 511 as i said he's not particularly fast but he's a smart player and i think he should be able to come up in the future and contribute for the ravens on their actual defense that's about it let's uh wrap it up let's go to our final thoughts and dr- grades we'll start with uh uk yeah so overall pretty solid draft i feel like they hit the positions that they needed and the ones that they didn't hit during the draft they addressed in free agency either before or after it so overall pretty happy with uh this offseason and the draft uh give it like an a a minus overall mostly based on that queen pick because they did manage to get one of the best linebackers in the draft at the end of the first round. And he's yeah. going to make an immediate impact for them. I have not given a, a grade yet in my overall, but Sammy, I'll go to you. What was your grade and final thoughts? I, I also agree that I, I'd give it an A minus. This was probably one of my more favorite drafts. I mean, outside of the queen pick, which I've you guys know completely about. The players that they drafted, like, I really love Dobbins. I love DuVernay, where they got him. Harrison probably could have addressed the guard position a little bit better than they did, but who they got was also great value and overall one that I see will be starting in the future, so they still managed to draft a starter. And overall, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the draft. I'm a fan of what the Ravens did. I, I hope that, you know, they don't come in the way of the Pats 16-0 Jared Stidham run. So, overall, I'm giving it an A-. minus. Uh, all right, buddy. I I like the draft as well. They did a really solid job in the total, totality. They hit on needs on just about every pick. The only ones that I didn't have were the Dobbins pick, although I gave that one a plus of value, and then the Washington pick, but only because they had already taken Matubike. So, 8 out of 10 with... A need uh, within a need. I had three plus values, a couple reaches. I'm giving it a B plus overall, just a very solid draft. I love the Queen pick, love the Dobbins pick, love the Geno Stone pick, but it was just solid. Most of them they got the guys right in their projected value. They weren't reaching, they weren't getting these massive steals. There weren't any guys that were like, wow, this is incredible that they got him here. Maybe Queen, you could say that, but. It wasn't like he, it was going to go between probably 18 to 24 if you didn't expect him to go to 28. But overall, it's a really nice, nice job by the Ravens as per usual. No arguments there. (laughs) Yeah, and that's all we got. So, Ryan, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, of course. And Sammy, thanks for coming on as always. Thanks for having me as always. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Firmly Grasp It wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Grasp 2020 for updates on episodes and some other news. You can email us at Grasp 2020 at gmail.com. Make sure you continue to tell your friends about us. We're working through these teams. Your team will come up if they have not yet, I promise. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you soon.